Hello and welcome to episode two of our uh, new podcast, yes. Walking Each Other Home. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, we were blessed to both be off today, so looking forward to... Um, well, I'm never really off. Well, yeah, you're always on the hook. I'm, <laughs> somebody I'm, needs to see a, a realtor, house, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> Except for right now, it's on Do Not Disturb, I'm not going to go leave to show a house. <laughs> At least for a little bit, yeah. but... Um, yeah, so we're excited to kick off our first uh, episode, um, and thanks to Stephen for all of the work of figuring all that out. If it were left up to me, it probably never would have happened, but... My pleasure. Uh, you've probably seen Spoken already. like an ex-Chick-fil-A employee. Yeah. <laughs> that was 20 years ago, y'all. <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so as you can see, you can, you can find the podcast on a variety of different platforms, um, and so... Um, We've received some really great feedback, I think, so far. Um, yeah, you know, regarding the first episode and and just church hurt, and um, as we were kind of talking the last few days, uh, we were thinking that maybe we wanted to um, pick that back up and talk through a few more things, just based on some of the comments and some of the feedback. And um, I think one of the big takeaways was, um, I think we were kind of hard on the church which, I mean, we are the church, so kind of hard on ourselves in a lot of ways, but... Yeah, so maybe like a little less Elijah and a little more, like, right. you know, yeah, I get you. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we, we pointed out, I think, the um, the whole piece of, you know, um, working out our own soul salvation with fear and trembling, and I think that's kind of the segue into some of the things we wanted to discuss today, was just, you know, not just blaming the church for our lot in life, uh, but speaking more to that personal responsibility, right? And we, we talked a bit about the expectation of offense as a part of the Christian journey, but, um, and then kind of, you know, again, kind of heavy on some of, some of the church leadership, but uh, the topic of like unresolved pain came up, right? And sometimes there's a tendency, I think, to when we get in a community of believers, if we're not careful to like blame the church for, for whatever trauma, whatever pain we may have picked up, whether it was from home or, you know, within our families or whatever the case may be. And um, sometimes the expectation is, well, that now that I'm in the church and I've accepted Jesus, that all this stuff should just kind of melt away or take care right. of itself. Yeah. And, and we're it's not... A butterflies and rainbows and sunshine yeah. and... We're all just walking each other home, right? Yeah. Peacefully, not so usually. Not so much. Because we're still human. Yeah, and the real truth of it is, I mean, yeah. when we when we enlist into, you know, God's army, so to speak, we kind of get a target on our back. Right? When yeah. we when we side with with Jesus, um, that's really when the work starts. <laughs> right? It doesn't just all go away, but it, right. Um, but his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and he calls us into rest, especially when we need it, because <laughs> he knows the work right. is in front of us. For sure. And right. there's speaking to that, again, that element of suffering, you know, knowing that in this life, not, as a, not only is it going to rain on the just as well as the unjust, but um, you know, trouble is, is going to come, and, and we're either going to kind of suffer in the direction of our own selfishness and just the things that are going on in our soul, or we're going to pick up our cross and suffer for Jesus, right? And we're going to talk a little bit, hopefully, 
later a, a little bit about the difference between a life led by pride and a life led by humility and what that looks like. But yeah. um, so just kind of wanted to throw that out there. First of all, that we love our leaders. <laughs> we, Absolutely. I love the, our pastor. We have the pastors we've had in the past, chaplains I've worked for, you know, for sure. And, um, you know, everything isn't on the leader's fault. It's not the leader's fault. Right. And sometimes the leaders are unaware of anything that's actually happening totally in certain unaware. areas of the church mm-hmm. until they're aware, right? right? Their response matters, you know. For sure. Um, but it, like you're saying, it's not always the leader's fault for sure. And I know like I started the talk the last episode basically by reading in Timothy about what good leadership should look like. Mm-hmm. And, and I did mention most of the time church hurt is precipitated from poor leadership, right? Right. But that doesn't always mean the head pastor of the church. There are people who lead different areas in the church. For sure, yeah. Right? And so, and it could be from any number of just an unhealthy style of leadership that that, those things happen, but it could have nothing to do with them at all at the same time. That's right. And a lot of times they only know what they know or what the Holy Spirit has allowed them to see. And I think sometimes there's there's sort of this tendency, you know, there was this kind of funny video that was popular years back about the Me Church. What's that? Uh, and it, it was sort of this parody about, like, you know, people coming to this church that was very seeker-friendly and, like, all of the songs were, like, super simple to learn and understand. The pastor didn't really challenge them. It was I don't just think like, I saw this. Yeah, it's like self-centered church, basically. You're going to have to send that to me. Yeah, it's hilarious, but... um. <laughs> You know, the message and the humor was there was kind of like, um, you know, I've come here to get mine. I'm, I'm here at church to get my blessing. Right. With and my not, latte in my hand. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly right. Like, they had the lattes. <laughs> they had the whole bit. They have it. And, like, even churches I've been to, they usually pull up the carpet and have, and like, that cement flooring now. So when oh, you drop your latte, yep. they can clean it the up The concrete's easily. already stained, amen. Right. <laughs> so it just goes with the territory, but... I think sometimes the mindset it said is I'm coming to the church, I'm coming to the pastor to get my blessing. Mm. And really the 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 way it should go is I'm coming to the church to learn how to be a blessing. Yeah. Right. The the our leaders, our pastors equip us, the body, to do the work of the church. It's not just that, you know, pastors do all the work and we just sit there and receive, receive, receive. So I think that's important when we talk about um, hurt and offense that we there's a journey we each have to take. Right. There's work we each have to do to heal from that. And it's, it's really no one else's fault. Um, even sometimes people that did hurt you or offend you, maybe in your family, really don't have the capacity to uh, walk that uh, road of forgiveness or or uh, the capacity to really contribute to the healing that you need, right? Right. And so that's why the church is so important because we sh- we should be able to come in and and, re- and work that out with our our spiritual family, right? Because sometimes they're not equipped to handle what we bring to the table, right? Right. And a good leader, most of the ones I've been around, will admit that they're not equipped for that, mm-hmm. but can point you to someone who would be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. 
that begs that begs the question like should the leader that you approached in the first place become a little more knowledgeable in that subject mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you need help with instead of just constantly referring out mm-hmm. right um even though not all leaders have capacity for everything and i i understand that um i experienced that myself growing up and then in the first church i was at it was definitely like oh you're going to you're going to be under this person because they know it they know what you're dealing with right. and i don't really have any information mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. <laughs> right even right. though they really do though if you know scripture you have the information right yeah, that's right there's an answer for anything we could face really we just have yeah. to find it sometimes it right. takes some digging right which brings us to the point of like the importance of having wise counsel around you set up in the church and also you know this is a buzzword right now self-care right right coming into the church obviously the church to me especially the church we're at now in the very beginning stages of me attending the church we go to um felt like a hospital for me felt like a little bit of triage you know even though i thought oh i'm over the church hurt of the past I was not. Right. Because I could sense it, right? <laughs> I could sense it yeah. sitting there listening to sermons and being like, mm, I don't like the way he's saying that. Mm, I don't like that energy. Oh, he's being a little loud. Oh, okay. Oh, that worship pastor. Oh, you right. know, I'm like, mm, that, that person can't really, I don't like the way they're praising because right. that doesn't look authentic to me. I'm like picking everything apart. Right. And God showed me very soon after coming to this church that this was the place I was going to find healing and I needed to relax. I needed to relax and do my own work at the same time. Like relax my pressure I'm putting on people in my mind right? and do my own work in, in the process, right? Because there was a lot I was bringing to the table that painted and colored and skewed my vision. That's good. Yeah, it's, we have to be careful that we're not viewing other people through the lens of our own offense. Right. Or our own victim Something mentality. they have nothing to do with. Right. You're just lumping them into the category because they're under the Christian umbrella. That's right. Perfectly said. And you know, when, you, when we talk about victim mentality, it's one thing to develop a victim mentality from, from pain that we've experienced oftentimes repetitive when we get to talk to people. It's mm. been chapters and verses of a lot of pain and turmoil. But when you really unpack victim mentality, what if you've benefited from it? Explain. Well, f- well for instance, <laughs> if, if playing a victim, whether oh. it's in your church, your family, your, you know, whatever, has gleaned you certain benefits... Everyone walks on eggshells around you. Right. They cater to your every need. Right. Try not to upset you, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's good. And now you're you in a place you were talk where about that. this is just, yeah. <laughs> this extra free of charge, blue light special. We didn't plan that, right? so I wasn't ready. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, but you know, I think that when, when, when that mentality has earned you benefits... It can be more challenging, you know, when you get into a, a good, faith-filled, Holy Spirit-filled community of believers, when God starts to show you, show me, myself in a mirror, 
um, sometimes, and Scripture even makes reference to that, that our natural proclivity is to see it and turn away from it. Like, oh, I'm not looking at that. That's ugly. Right. Or, wow, I don't have the tools to even know how to start picking that apart, so I'm not going to look in that mirror again. <laughs> but really, you know, to, to look into the Word, and like you said, search for answers to really every any kind of problem you could have, is that constant habit of wanting to look, wanting to heal. And, you know, I love, I believe there's been times, and I know you've told me this too, where sometimes healing can come supernaturally through worship. Yes. I mean, I've yes. been I've been in, in worship here at our, our church in Canton, and I could tell that my mindset shifted. My body was healed in certain ways. It's just a sensing like the Lord has touched me through this corporate experience. And I love when that happens. Who wouldn't like that? Right. But when it's not that easy, when it doesn't come that easy, and there's you, and you know, have to work for the healing, <laughs> right? Or you're no. like, God, please <laughs> take this away from me. Please heal this part of me. And he says yes, but his yes is six months of work for you, or twenty he, years, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But he gently and gracefully, graciously takes you on that journey mm-hmm. bit by bit, stone by stone, uh, unturned of, okay, here's the next layer right. of what you're dealing with that you weren't aware of, but I'm going to heal it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times he does it through the body of believers, For right? Sure. And so I've seen that, you know, exponentially in my life over the last five to seven years, especially in the last three years of attending the church Mm -hmm. rat, Mm -hmm. um, which has brought us to the fact that we're even sitting in front of microphones talking. Oh, absolutely. Right? Because I'd never, I never thought I would be doing this and talking about this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I could, I would have talked about other things, classical singing or... Secular stuff, yeah. You know, just news because uh, i ooh, i could get up in the news and i can get crazy <laughs> ooh, and i want to be i want to be on daily wire sometimes and be talking you know you're one of those post warriors huh? and i'm like lord jesus <laughs> keep me humble keep yeah. me keep me sane yeah keep me non-incendiary <laughs> you know <laughs> and i often would have the thought like how many people have really changed their mind about a particular topic based on a social media post not very many. We tend to, you know, either want to fight the people that don't agree with us or just collaborate with the ones who do. And so, yeah, just, you know, keeping in mind, too, that um, I think a lot of times God doesn't allow certain things to come up for healing until he knows we're in a safe place, right? So, so um, a lot of times we can't even move on to the work of healing until we're in a loving, Holy Spirit-filled body of believers where we can sort of start to let our guard down right, and work through those things. And even in dealing with people who experience trauma, post-traumatic stress, um, you know, I, I think of trauma as sort of like a bomb that's gone off in a person's soul or their mind, and it's mm. shattered in a million different pieces. 
And the natural proclivity of, of a member who's suffered trauma is to want to make sense of those pieces. Right. Why did this happen to me? Can somebody help me bring these pieces together to make sense out of why something so awful would have happened to me? And when we look at people who've experienced trauma, they can't even begin to start to work through the pieces until they're in an environment where they feel safe enough to even look at it. Right. Yeah. So and that's because of a lot of shame. For sure. Trauma, trauma mm-hmm. usually causes a lot of shame. Right. And this was my fault. A- any kind of trauma, really. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of the default I hear, right? Yeah. And I, I heard um, a psychiatrist, psychologist, I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up later. But he said, what is the trajectory of shame for someone who has experienced sexual abuse? Mm-hmm. He said it's their entire life. Right. The entire life has a trajectory of shame based on one singular event or multiple events. Right. And the earlier it happens, the worse the trajectory Correct. usually yeah. is, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Very there's hope. Oh, <laughs> there's for hope. Sure. I just want to tell people that. For sure. You know, yeah, it's a trajectory of shame over a lifetime if left un, mm-hmm. uh, n- just not looked at. Right. Right. Left uncovered. Um, because that could have been my story a trajectory of yeah. shame that never ended. Mm-hmm. But more and more, the shame has just fallen off of me the closer mm-hmm. I get to Jesus. Talk to me about that. Um, as I'm listening to you, the word curiosity is coming up. <laughs> okay. What What do you attribute, because when I, I know a little bit more about you probably than the average bear listening, but what, do you attribute this constant coming back to Jesus to? Like, what, what, talk to me about that. What do I attribute it to? Uh, part of it is humility. Um, coming back to Jesus because I can't handle it myself. Mm-hmm. And I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good, right? When other people were not good to me, Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, the Lord has just been really good to me. So I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. I knew he was going to say that. Yeah, that's good. Just because, mm-hmm. and I and I first felt it in my late twenties in a worship service. Mm-hmm. I felt like because of all the uh, sexual abuse I had as a child, um, the trajectory that that set me on to be addicted sexually to things. Um, and then reaching my late twenties, I remember feeling as if life was over mm-hmm. for me. I'd come to Jesus, but even in, not everything's healed at one time when you come to mm-hmm. Jesus. Right. Don't we wish? Right. <laughs> I wish there are certain things that can be, and I've heard r- wonderful sure. stories, but for me, I came to Jesus fully, probably in 2007, I think it was October 2007, and it took a good year beyond that for me to be in this worship service one day, feeling as if my life had been spent because of all the experiences I had, especially sexual experiences, that there's a reason why the Bible says to become one and, you know, you're yoked together Mm -hmm. with your flesh, you know, it's like, 
for me, it felt like I had given a part of me away over and over and over and over again. It's and like then what's I, left. Right. And I felt, I remember telling people, I feel like I'm 75 years old in a 26-year-old body. Just spiritually and emotionally, mm-hmm. just kind of like, what is there left? Right. And I remember being in this worship service and somebody up on the platform said, God hears you right now and wants to restore your youth. Uh. And I said, that's me. Yep. You called my number. Immediately. (laughs) And I immediately (laughs) knew that they were talking about me. Yeah. And he just hit me. I was on my face. Right. On the floor. (laughs) I don't remember how long, but I just remember when I stood up, I felt young. Yeah. I felt good. (laughs) <laughs> like something had come off of me. Oh, yeah. And it could have been demonic oppression. For it, sure. Uh, you yeah. know, who knows yeah. what I invited onto myself right. and into myself during those years, mm-hmm. right? So I, I don't know if I just went off on a tangent, but... Um, no, that's good. Yeah. I, I remember the early days, too, and, and um, the, especially the first, like, six months, you know, being saved in a... Pentecostal church back in the woods and being called up for prayer and the way they loved me, prophesied mm. over me. And I mean, I would just be utterly filled to the brim every <laughs> time the doors were open. And um, yeah, absolutely. Just coming away with a newfound hope and just utterly inspired and wanting to tell everybody about what had happened to me. Right. Um and you know those are those are glorious days they really are and i think i thank god that we can have times like that of refreshing you know throughout our lives but just thinking back to what you said about how you know there's a song that says you know i've searched all over couldn't find anybody nobody greater than you i've searched high and low you know and couldn't find anybody greater and i think that we can relate to that like when you've had, when you've experienced great darkness and loss and depravity, you know when, you know the stark <laughs> contrast between that and Jesus showing up for you. And, and, yes. And um, so, you know. That I'm, loving invitation. Oh, yeah. It's nothing. Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And it's back to what we talked about last time, you know, overcoming evil with good. It's that, Lord, I can't help myself but to be moved to follow you and re- and drop whatever I'm holding in my hands to pursue you because you're so good to me, right? I mean, that's his way. Right. You know, and when I think of, you know, walking each other home, um, in a sense, you know, a lot of people think about heaven, which, yes, but also walking each other home is facilitating experiences like this for our brothers and sisters in Christ where they they come home here hmm. right they know the difference and they're choosing no this is Jesus is my home right this, this body of believers is my family my chosen family that yeah, God's given me that's good and yeah. no matter what you like theologically agree with the movie The Shack or not. Oh, But when I, I think of movie. like <laughs> coming home inside of myself and just like centering myself, 
I have that image of him being with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God in that house, and so beautiful, and different <laughs> aspects of God, you know, portrayed and guiding him through healing. Yes. In those moments, you know, and that's that's such a beautiful movie to me, no matter what you believe, you know, some of the controversial things about it. It still has such a beautiful message in many ways about the nature of God. Absolutely. Um, and through all of this, you know, just to kind of bring it back around, we can miss this. We can miss what God has for us in the church, in the church body, if we are sitting there with a critical eye, with the offense from somewhere else that we brought into the church that has nothing to do with those people, mm -hmm. when we are constantly looking at the faults and for faults in other people, we can miss such goodness and such healing if that's the only way we're approaching our, our walk on Sunday mornings. When church really isn't just about Sunday morning, <laughs> it really is about everyday life That's right. with these people, yep. right? And we are a family, and families get messy. Mm -hmm. But if God is in the center of the family, he's in control and can reconcile any of it. That's right. Right? So I, I just want to encourage people to, who, who are out there, and they know they're the ones that are sitting there with the critical spirit that I used to have. Right. You know? They're the ones that are looking for something to complain about every church service or looking for something to where they could be like, see, that's why I don't go to church. Mm -hmm. See? Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I knew <laughs> someone was going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. Bye. I'm going to try another one mm -hmm. four years from now. Right. Right? Like, it's just an encouragement to just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit into that part of you to reveal why you feel that way and how you can, with his help and the help of believers, overcome this pain that you have. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. And I, th I think we can all find ourselves there yeah. with, with a bit of that and uh, those same kind of tendencies, um, you know, relating to our expectation and expectation is tied to faith. Yeah. So there's even things that I think God has for us that sometimes we're shut out from because our expectation is too low. Right. And a lot of leadership books they talk about how, you know, people rise to the level of expectation that you set for them, right? Um keep going. I'm looking for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I know we were um we were kind of wanting to move into some discussion about what the difference of a life led by pride versus a life led by humility looks like. And we've got a lot of things we kind of wanted to cover um, with that. I know, um, um, did you find what you wanted? Yeah, I, I think it was it was just kind of a good segue into what you're talking mm -hmm. about, um, because I think, you know, we're going to segue from this conversation into talking about pride versus humility and I was thinking to myself about the statement I just made about if you're the one looking at it with a critical eye and whatnot, it reminded me of, this is Andrew Murray, 
uh, about humility. Andrew Murray is from the 1800s, the early 1900s. It's each chapter is very thick read. It might be three pages, but it will take an hour just because of the way it's worded. Every sentence is loaded. Mm. So, (laughs) I mean, literally, but it just brought to mind this sentence that we should accept every humiliation and humiliation in our modern sense isn't correct Mm. here. Like my pants got pulled down in the middle of the street. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about humiliation as in things that humble us. Right. Right. The kind of original way that people would look at humiliation. So accept every humiliation, look upon every fellow man who tries or vexes you as a means of grace to humble you. Use every opportunity of humbling yourself before your fellow men as a help to abide humble for God. Before God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that just, you know, it just reminded me as I was talking about that, this this sentence, just because even the people that we feel annoy us or are out to get us mm-hmm. or we're looking at them critically or they vex you. I always love the word vex. <laughs> Do you like the word vex? Yeah, they need to bring that you back. You know the ter- first time I heard the word vex? <laughs> Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, yeah. When the Sheriff of Nottingham walks into the room with his <laughs> witch-looking mother or whoever that was, and he's mm-hmm. like slamming the table, and she was like, something vexes thee. Yeah. <laughs> I died. Anyway, so anyway, as I was saying... um. This sentence just reminds me that the people that bother you, the things that bother you, yeah. the things that you want to criticize, turn them into something that humbles you, because it says, use every opportunity of humbling yourself before your fellow men as a help to abide humble before God, mm-hmm. because that's, that's what God calls us to do, to mm-hmm. humble ourselves, right? And it is a choice, it's an action, Right. Humble is a verb in this sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to humble yourself. Because in that humility, we break down walls, actually, around our own heart and between mm. ourselves and other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's humility that makes, I think, the gospel attractive. Um, and kind of right in line with that, I really love... Um, Proverbs 11, 2, it says, When pride comes, boiling up with an arrogant attitude of self-importance, then come dishonor and shame. Mm. But with the humble, the teachable, who have been chiseled by trial, that's why I love the Amplified, and who have learned to walk humbly with God, there is wisdom and soundness of mind. I love that chiseled by trial. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it shapes us. The pressing in mm-hmm. of us by God. Trial, you know, can come from God mm-hmm. to shape us into more of His image, into more of what He's created us to be. You know, just like uh, I heard an example one time that He is the potter and we are the clay. And she said, don't always think that you being pressed is a bad thing. Right. God is trying to shape you into his image. Right. And he can only do that if he presses into the clay and mm-hmm. shapes it. So it's that chiseling by the trials that he 
allows us to go through to bring us closer to him. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I think in the early days, chiseling feels like you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. You know, like... I don't want no more. Yeah. Please. <laughs> and I think almost like a, almost like a muscle that is just getting work for the first time and the, the pain that can come from that. You know, mm. when you're not used to God getting in your chili and all of a sudden now, like, <laughs> he can get in your chili, your pastor, your friend, your mama, your whatever. This book your, written 120 years ago. Yeah, and it's like, Lord, can I just get off the potter's wheel for a minute? Like, sometimes it, it can... Really, right. It it's can, like, no, it's going to keep spinning just like the world. Yeah, when you're, especially <laughs> when you're in a season of trial, right? And I love seasons of rest. <laughs> I thought you were going to say trials. I was like, you're low, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, some when it's a season of trial, um, you know, it's easy to kind of read through this and talk a good game like it's easy. But the real truth of it is, of it is it's not. It oftentimes times is not. Mm. And um, I think it's really in those times where we really, that's when we need the church the most. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good kind of segue into what we're going to talk about next time. Yeah. Uh, humility versus pride. We have a lot to say. A and sneak peek. We don't want this to be a two and a half hour right. podcast that you have to pause and try to come back to. Right. <laughs> so I, I think that's a good segue into, um, yeah, the next episode is going to be pride versus humility. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, the roots of both of those. And I think some of it's going to be quite shocking what we end up talking about. It was to me to have read it and gone through it. Yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) You're not going to want to miss that. Um, And look, we, we understand uh, church hurt is a sensitive topic. And Mm -hmm. I hope that through everything we've said in episode one and two, that you feel the love and understanding that we have around this topic. Yeah. And, um, that there was grace in it. Um, yeah. I, I believe there was. Um, and I just pray that God uses whatever he spoke through us to touch your heart and to bring you to the next you know, layer of healing in your own lives, if that's something you've experienced. Um, and yeah, we, we love you guys, and we are excited about this. I'm a so stoked about this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm really enjoying just like all the setup and everything that we do. Um, I have a little like nerdy techie side of myself that is. Thank God it. you do. Cause I don't. So absolutely good. not. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, sorry. So anyway, uh, I'm just going to pray us out and then you guys can, uh, join us next time. So Lord Jesus, we thank you, thank you for this opportunity mm-hmm. to be alive in this day and age where we can speak and reach people all over the world. Whoever ends up hearing this, God, we just pray that your voice comes through and that your words shine and that your heart transforms people. And we are so grateful for you and everything that you've done in our lives. And I just Mm -hmm. pray for everyone listening, um, that the Lord bless you and keep you. And he makes his face to shine upon you and give you peace and, uh, We pray all of this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Thank you for everything you've done um, to bring us closer to you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Um, Give us a like, a follow, a comment. Leave us some questions if you'd like for us to answer them. 
um, and just uh, join us next time. Yep. We See think, you soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.